You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Today, do you know who you need to meet? Do you know who you need to meet? I will tell you, you need to meet Rob Thomas. He's my guest today. He's written a book called, Who Do You Need to Meet? And uh, he's, he's got an amazing history and he's got a more amazing future. Uh, we're gonna learn all about it from Eagle Scout to clarinet player to living in Connecticut to, oh, there's all kinds of stuff. Let's uh, just, Thank you. I met this gentleman a, a couple of weeks ago. It seems like I've known him forever, and uh, I just had to have him on my show. So, Rob Thomas, welcome to One Sharp Sword. Thank you, my friend. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Good Dr. Wayne. Uh, it's an honor. Thank you. It is an honor. Uh, <clears throat> so, you've been a a man of integrity since the time you were little. I mean, you don't you don't accidentally find your way to Eagle Scout and carry those ethics with you into business. I mean, it's not an accident. Um, talk about a little bit about your background. Like, we will get to what you're doing now because, look, props. I have the book. Who do you need to meet? Um, so <clears throat> we'll talk about that because that is. Uh, it's incredible what people don't know and the follow-up that people don't know. Uh, so we'll talk about that. I want to talk about how did you get here? So a little bit about your background, where you grew up and how you found your way to Eagle Scout. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I appreciate that tee up. Um, you know, I grew up in Fairfield, Connecticut, the brat of a General Electric executive. Mm -hmm. uh, my father was actually a very, very good in the 70s and 80s uh, speechwriter for General Electric out of the ivory tower there in Fairfield. Uh, he'd uh, established his chops before that. Both my mother and father were college graduates. They met in Chicago. But my father was most experienced in public relations as well as speech writing. Uh, he used to claim that he got, uh, and I, I believe it to be true, standing ovations back then for General Electric speeches. One of the key components though that he did was not only write the speech, but he would also train the executives to be able to give it. Uh, and those are kind of some of the pieces that I garnered from my father's uh, experience. And he would not uh, take no for an answer, uh, and he wouldn't give up. Um, he had his, of course, his own demons and piccolillos, but he uh, overcame those, uh, had a very successful career with, uh, he used to call it Generous Electric. Uh, huh. My mom uh, came out of Iowa, uh, and she was a, um, you know, a woman who established herself as an executive in the radio industry there. Um, and so the funny piece about it is my father asked my mom to marry him first. And she said no, because she wanted to continue her radio executive career. It was on, only until that weekend she went home to my grandmother that she told her that glorious news. And my grandmother said, you don't know what you're doing. Turn right around and go find that man. So, but <laughs> I tell that story because uh, as an only child, they instilled with me some really good kind of habits about life as well as business. Uh, and I took up with the Boy Scout or Scouts USA as it's commonly known now as a directive and a goal and a something for me to kind of achieve for and do. Uh, I, I'm not a big schooling kind of guy, um, but I needed goals. I like those kinds of achievement things and skill awards and merit badges and, and kind of learn new stuff. It kept me occupied and it kept me out of trouble. Mm. Uh, so that's really where I got that. Um, and becoming an Eagle, the interesting part about that is I had achieved all the skill awards and merit badges you could, but I didn't do my project yet. And I remember looking at my mom one afternoon and I said, well, so what do you think, mom? Should I do my project? She goes, well, yeah, I think you should. And it came down to being a decision. 
And I think that's where we really, I know that you can uh, definitely talk to this uh, and especially talk it to me as well about making a decision. Yeah. Uh, kind of cleans out a lot of the cobwebs that we self talk ourselves into. Into or out of, right? So uh, decision comes from the Latin decidere, which is to cut away. Did you know that? Yeah. I did. I actually took two years of Latin in high school, oh. uh, but all I remember is ubi ignis est, so, which uh, translated is, where's the fire, buddy? <laughs> so, that's all I kind of awesome. remember and garnered. <laughs> oh, my. All right. So, uh, well done. Uh, it, it's interesting. You know, sometimes when kids grow up with uh, high achieving parents, they don't always get the lesson uh, uh, from the parents. They sometimes only get the lesson of you must be a high achiever. Like there's a lot of pressure to do that versus um, there's a way to speak. There's a way to get an audience to engage with you. There's, um, you know, in radio, there's a way of uh, choosing in a kind of engagement. And the good news, I think, is that we've evolved since the 60s, 70s, 80s, especially the 80s, where speaking was done in a very certain way. And, you know, that, uh, you know, you had to be, well, I don't know about you back then, but you had to be oh so quaffed, you know, you... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I did have hair. I had a lot of hair, actually. Um, but, you know, over the years, nothing grows on a busy highway, Wayne. So, I mean, you know, so <laughs> what, can I, what can I tell you? Follically challenged now, and it's, it's all okay. That's awesome. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So talk about, like, you went on to school. You were not that great... Um, you said you weren't that great as a student necessarily, but you were great at attaining achievements, right? So something in you was like, I need to do the next thing. I need to do the next thing. Um, you did go on into college. I did. And I, went to Ith I went to Ithaca College, yeah. uh, not only because they, they accepted me, but also because a lot of my uh, high school alums had gone there. And I had thought that I wanted to go into the world of communications that both my parents were in. Uh, but corporate communications was really what my father was involved with, and speeches and newsletter writing and public relations and those types of things. Ironically, I really wanted to go to Ithaca for theater. Uh, I wanted to be a thespian. I did a little of that in high school, uh, and both of my uh, my parents were kind of involved in that whole thespian society stuff in their colleges, um, but my father did not approve of that uh, line of thinking, so I went into corporate communications, and I was a B student. You know, I graduated Ithaca with a solid B, and that's fine. I try to instill that in my two sons, Chris and Luke, about I'm not looking for the A and the A+. Plus. Uh, his mother kind of instills that a little bit. And I'm like, you know, you need to kind of back off a, a tad on that. And so above average was just, just fine for me because I knew that it was going to be about the commitment. It was about finishing the college degree. It was about getting the piece of paper. It was about walking down that aisle, having my parents proud and, and just getting that piece done. Um, I originally didn't want to even go to college. Uh, I had thought about going to the Navy, like my father uh, was a veteran, and maybe even going to OCS, but you can't go to OCS unless you graduate college. So, you know, you can't have both. Uh, so I'd even thought that. Um, but anyway, uh, I achieved that and did that and uh, wanted to use that uh, degree uh, for good, not evil. Um, Corporate communications for good. That's yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as my father had had used it and so but it was the 80s and they thought they knew what corporate communications was and they don't and they still don't i was um, gonna say they still have no idea no. they have no idea yeah they yeah. still they don't but that's okay it uh at ithaca it was called isd or instructional systems design uh into the 70s um into the 80s from the 70s anyway so i achieved that 
That's awesome. Uh, I think that's, a, you know, in terms of principles and ethics and um, personal standards, I think that, you know, what you've said is you're, you push to achieve, but it's not about let's get the highest grade. It's about let's, let's move forward, get things done and, and complete right complete and complete and it's a a series of completions that's that's uh been your success path really so once you graduated i'm, I'm sort of walking you through you were born in you know uh, connecticut and had um, an amazing mom and dad that's awesome um got you through college what did, what were some of your first jobs like what did you do well, yeah. I mean, so my first, very first job while I was home was I was in telemarketing. Uh, and so for six months, I was selling um, fax machine and copier toner cartridges to law firms uh, via the phone. So this is 1989. And um, that was the sales-ish kind of, you know, put the toe in the water. And I absolutely hated every second of it. Uh, but I did it. Uh, ended up getting more of a, what I would call a little more surefire, stronger job at Aetna. But that ended up being um, not my gig, although I did it for six years and they took great care of me there. I was chained to a desk. So I was in charge of drafting all of those summary plan description documents that insurance companies draft out for legal purposes. As you're on your way to the hospital with your emergency card, you have the document in your hand figuring out what in the world the insurance is actually going to pay for. Um, obviously, all of it's now uh, online and on the web. Um, but back then, it was all printed stuff. Uh, and so Mother Aetna had done a whole bunch of layoffs in the 90s. And I took the sixth one and, uh, and went out and tried to explore. And I figured I would get a job doing that kind of thing in terms of documents. And that wasn't going to work. And then I switched over to thinking about recruiting but I didn't have any experience. So it was the chicken and the egg thing. And so then I went into sales and it was completely serendipitous. I went to a career fair at the local university and I literally was on my last kind of leg and I gave them my resume and I was a little older than your most and they picked me up. And that was Bell Atlantic Mobile picked me up in terms of um, sales. Now they're known as Verizon Wireless. Um, so then they picked me up. And I was grateful for that. And uh, what did you, know, you end up selling? I ended up selling cell phones to executives. So although I was commuting an arduous way in Connecticut, um, I was a sales rep that would sell a cell phone back then. This is the 90s, like mid 90s, 97, 98, late 90s, I guess. Um, so the cell phones and batteries and cigarette lighter adapters and chargers and all that type of thing. Uh, I would sell to executives of Fairfield County. Uh, and I'm sure, uh, as you remember, one of the famous stories is in my book. It talks about how I worked for Martha Stewart. And so I'm not going to give away any of that little story, but to say that it was true. Uh, if I asked her about it today, of course, she would not remember, uh, but I do. So. <laughs> Spoiler, he got burned. Um, I am almost. Yeah, it's, it's toward the beginning of the book, actually. You, yep. all, you open with it. So, yeah, good one. Um, and somehow you became like the, the networking dude. How did that happen? How did, you, how did you go from selling cell phones in the 80s and 90s to becoming the, the person, the, the leader in the field of... I mean, yes, there have been networking groups, and yes, there are some things that you've pulled from each of them, but you've really, you have, the reason that I wanted you here is that you have pulled all of the best together, plus you've brought it to current versus keeping things the way, you know, things were started a certain way and have always been a certain way. And you are, you're pulling the best of what worked and you're bringing it to, this is how we engage in the modern world. And there are certain things we could or should be doing more of. Um, how did you get there? And, you know, these days, what you're known as the, uh, the eagle of networking, right? That's the, that's the title you're, you're carrying these days, which is, 
that's a formidable title, I would say. Well, flattery would get you everywhere. I um, <laughs> I started my sales career, quite honestly, with the whole Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross movie, right? So that 20 minutes of, of fame from that movie, Alec Baldwin and, and the like, I, I always encourage people to go watch that on YouTube if they're thinking about getting involved in sales. And the kicker about that is... I want them to go watch that, then talk to me after they watch it. And then I'm going to tell them to not do anything like that in the movie that that 20 minutes talks about. But I did it. I was that guy. I was the guy who would walk in the room and try to sell you. I was the guy that you would run from at the business after hours. I was the guy who'd always try to sell you. And after a while, it got old, tired, and bad, and I had to really kind of change the MO and and change it up and figure out what in the world was going on. So through my experiences of all those different sales aspects, where I knew that selling and cold calling wasn't going to continue a long-time relationship, I had to figure that out in terms of what was networking going to avail me and, and working on that. So I switched it. So I switched the whole kind of ideal where it talks more about asking good questions of the other person, because the bottom line of networking business and or sales really is about whether or not I like you. If I don't like you or you don't like me, it ain't going to ever happen anyway. But we're all too scared to figure out exactly if that's the underlying reason of why we can't sell something. We could get in a scenario where we really, really like the person. And you know what? We can't make that fit for sales for the two of us. But now a third kind of dimension opens up where we can make introductions for that other person. And maybe they will have success with an introduction of a person we know in our network, even though we couldn't make something happen, maybe that could occur. And that's where I got a lot of experience working for a chamber of commerce. And that's where I got the title of the book because people would give me their application and their money. And I would immediately say to them, so who do you need to meet? And they would tell me the three people we don't know, which is anybody, everybody, and somebody who wants to buy my stuff. And that doesn't work. I don't care who you are. It doesn't work. No. So, so that that's where I've gone. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You stepped into the world of, uh, known, you know, to be known, to be liked and to be trusted. Right. And, and so a referral allows for a soft knowing, right. A, a, an introduction to, well, if this person, if this person likes me, then the next person is likely to like me. And then the trust comes from the handoff, which I think is a beautiful thing. Who do you need to meet? Um, I, I think the reason I'm, I'm hitting this is because I, part of what I like to do in, in, in my show, One Sharp Sword, is to highlight the leadership lessons. And that is that if you're after a nebulous target, if you don't know, you will you will never hit the target because you don't know what the target is. Well, who do you need to meet? Oh, anybody, somebody, what's everybody. the thing? Everybody, I need to meet everybody. It's yeah, right. So that's not helpful. And I wasn't I wasn't able to figure out how I was gonna be that guy. Like, how am I going to be that guy that you're going to call on who may know everybody, which I really don't, but how am I going to be that guy where you're going to want to call me? Yeah. Um, You know, I've taken quite a transformation in the last, let's call it 10 years anyway, about how I just want to be a better man. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. And with that as well, I want to be a better business person too. Uh, It all comes together. For the longest time, I was two different personalities. Oh, you have the salesman guy, Rob, and then you have the family guy, Rob. Mm. And so, you know, if I was really nice outside in the world, I wore that hat. But by the time I got home, maybe not so nice. And that that had a real kind of conflict in my cerebellum. And so I had to really figure out 
how to be authentic again and, and have integrity and ethics and what does that kind of look like? And so I needed to really kind of strip away all those kind of unauthentic aspects, be honest, not only with myself, but with others and talk about what are we trying to do here? I want to establish a relationship with you. I want you to know from the get-go what's happening, where I am, where you should be. And, and maybe I can make an introduction to make your life kind of better. That's huge. You know, people miss the, the notion that relationship matters, right? Who you are, who you know, how you are. You are representative of, of your, the people you surround yourself with. And so if you're, if you're just not a happy person, you are probably driven by being around not happy people. And so to, you know, it's quite a task. That's, you're actually my target market, by the way. Um, just, <laughs> I, I look for people who like at that point, when you made that decision, I look for people who are just not quite happy being in the land of two worlds. I'm one person at work. I'm one person at home. I am struggling for authenticity. And I know that there's a bigger life for me. And that's the, that is huge. And so, you know, for you to step into that and go, I just want to be more authentic. I want to have more of a relationship with the people I do business with. And I want them to know that they can have a relationship with me. And uh, it's fabulous. So, so these days, I mean, you took all of this and these days your business is to teach people about relationships. Well, and it's to teach them that they don't always have to sell. They don't always have to just do that transaction. They also need to know that sometimes it might not just work out. They have to be comfortable with themselves in that. It just may not work out. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay that it may not work out. You can continue to establish and have that relationship, but it may not be for the business purposes. It may just be on the personal level. Well, that's the, that's the thing is you don't like, you never know what you right. think, right. what you think about, well, this didn't work. I didn't get the sale. Doesn't mean it didn't work out. It meant that you didn't get that sale. You built a relationship. You have no idea where that relationship is going to take you. Right. And that's, I think that's one of the, the key things that you teach too. Imagine being in a room with just a handful of other people who have the same questions you do, the same pain, the same aches, and the same knowledge that there's more. You know you can do more, have more, and be more. You know you can serve more greatly, and you know you will have a bigger impact on the world when you stop holding yourself back. Fear, doubt, wondering if you're worthy or good enough to become more? Now is your time. Now is your time. Get to www.stuckatthetop.com for an amazing small group experience with people just like you, led by your powerful presence mentor, Dr. Wayne Purnell. This is a Breakthrough Success Mastermind. It's two days, and because it's a small group, seats are extremely limited. Will you claim one of them? Join the Stuck at the Top Breakthrough Success Mastermind at www.stuckatthetop.com. That's www.stuckatthetop.com. Walk us through some of the uh, some of the key ingredients to who do you need to meet? I'm going to hold up your book. It's behind you over your right shoulder. I've got it in my hand. Um, who do you need to meet? It's fascinating. So yeah. So no. So thank you. So quite simply, it's all about having a quality conversation. So be it whether we are uh, virtually with each other because of the pandemic and things or otherwise, or we're in person, it's about having a conversation. Now, most people are afraid about starting that conversation because they don't know the other person and they don't have a plan. 
So they need a plan about how you want to start that conversation. So a simple acronym that I have taken from the, the year's history past is called FORM. And what that does is that organizes my brain to ask certain questions of the person I'm standing in front of so I can get a better sense in a 10, maybe 15 minute kind of conversation about whether I like you. It really comes down to something that broad, based, and simple. And you know what? Are you like me? And maybe you don't like me. (laughs) And you know what? Let's just get that done. Let's get that over with. Because the world is, you know, full of way too many uh, different individuals and time and money in the sort. So it's about starting that conversation. But before we do that, too, especially virtually, we want to have some kind of good research about the person. Now we can't do that when we've just met them. These questions help with that. But let's say we're all, we are having kind of a, a thing like today, or we're having an interview or something about today that's really getting at um, who is Dr. Wayne and where has he traveled uh, and getting some kind of high points and, and things to ask about you. From there, it's a, it's a discovery, it's an interaction on whether or not we think we can help each other in business. And I'm always very, very cognizant of saying in business, because the world is very discriminatory. It can be very sexist. It can be very challenging. And there are parts and pieces of this that people get paranoid. They get very kind of woo. They think you're being a little too uh, invasive. And so this is about business right now and trying to figure that out. Uh, And then going through standards of uh, really what I would call traditional type of process. We have a great discussion. What kind of follow-up is there? Are we sending a handwritten thank you note? Are we doing some other kind of note or thing to follow up? Are Are we putting that person or that company in our process? And if we're not, then why? And then that's okay. But it's okay if we don't want to. I want to get really specific. Is it okay if I give away the acronym, like what FORM stands for? You most certainly may. Absolutely. Sure. Okay. So what you've just said is we have to be clear that the question, first of all, prepare. Second of all, we have to be clear that the questions we're asking allow us to know about the other person for business reasons because, and here's what you didn't say, because the kinds of questions you ask are actually very personal. And so, and, and this is a huge, a huge concept. You're asking very personal questions in order to create a bridge to doing business. FORM is an acronym. It's a four-letter acronym for, tell me about your family, like, right? So F is family. O is what do you do, right? It's the occupation. So in preparing to have a conversation, know that you're going to walk through, tell me about your family, (laughs) tell me about your occupation, right? What do you do for fun is recreation, right? So F-O-R and M is, and I want you to talk about this, M is either asking about money or or like for the money or asking or talking about your message. So F-O-R-M. And can you talk about just can you talk about the the money and the message piece in this one? Yeah, well, and again, when I start off with uh, form, so typically a, a business interaction, it's going to go out of order. So it's going to start with O because we're here for the certain kind of business entity environment or thing. Uh, and so we may talk a little bit more about, <clears throat> I see you've been doing this for several different years. Well, that must mean that you enjoy it. And that kind of open-ended tease that up on the F for family, it's really about understanding where's home. So I don't care necessarily about hearing about your dogs and your cats and your fishes and your brothers and your sisters and your aunts and uncles. I care more about the environment of which you were placed. Where's home for you? You know, although I grew up in Fairfield, Connecticut, my home is Milford, Connecticut at the moment. Well, those are two different types of environments if you know the state at all. So that kind of gets to a little bit about my mentality and how I see stuff. Mm-hmm. R is for recreation, but I'm not going to say, you know, tell me about recreation. Most people are going to always default to their kids and their dogs. I want to know about your hobby, 
You know, are you a cigar smoker? Are you a guitar player? Are you a bike rider? I mean, tell me a little bit more about what kind of settles you down. What's your white noise, right? And I used to start off with, you know, money or message and, and really about what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, this whole Toys R Us concept of, you know, what do you want to be? You want to be a Toys R Us kid. And most people may not understand what that is. And I was having a little difficulty if I had to explain that. But my goal was trying to really figure out, well, are you looking to retire in two years and we're just having a nice cup of coffee? Or are you a salesperson that's really got to hit it by the end of Friday? You're fired. I mean, I'm trying to get a sense of really where your perspective is in business world. So I have now morphed that in the last couple of years, most definitely since the book, to who do you need to meet? And that's really getting to the core of there are individuals or companies who you need to interact with to take a conversation or your business to the next level. That's where I've really kind of taken that now. And you take this, right? The, the work you do can be for any individual. I mean, my audience is, is very diverse. I've got uh, I've got people who are mechanics. I've got people who are doing surgery. You know, it's like, it's, um, and, and that's the occupation, right? So it's not who they are as people because every one of my audience members is an amazing person or they wouldn't be here, right? So uh, the, the, the truth is, right, that anybody can use the, the technique, the the Rob Thomas method is what you're calling it. It's look, it's over your left shoulder on, on the screen. Rob Thomas method. Uh, anybody can use this in elevating their connections, in elevating their sales, um, and to recognize that you're always selling, right? That you know, you're selling you. Well, Are you yeah. right? Are you yeah. likable? And I hate that word. I hate the word selling. I hate it. I love that you hate that. But I just. That is awesome. I think that's the first time. I hate it. I hate the word sales. I hate the word selling. I hate the word pipeline. I hate the word quota. I hate everything that. Because what. uh, Frankly, Wayne, when this started. I wish. I wish we had started our conversation here. Well, you know, and so flip it. (laughs) When I was an Aflac agent. Years ago. Which was the cold call. I was an Aflac agent duck. I worked at Walt Disney World so I could figure out I could pull up being a duck. I had a sales, senior sales coordinator get a Rolodex with index cards and have me write down these people and these businesses and put them in this box. I go, I'm not going to do that. That's I'm not going to do it. He goes, if you spend all of your energy and time networking, you won't make a dime. I go, okay, well, I won't spend all of it, but I believe that there's a real um, understanding and need for it. And he's like, well, you know, I think you're out of your mind. I go, okay, well, you're the successful one and I'm listening to you. So, you know, but, you know, all through my sales career, I've heard all these different words, you know, leads. Um, I, I don't like these words, but now I've come to understand that I must accept these words as for their meaning and their purpose of why they, why they exist to differentiate from other words like an introduction is a different word than referral. Yes, that's huge. And so I will get paid by companies and individuals, but more often companies will put me in their sales management line item of their budget. Although we're really talking about business networking, there isn't a business networking line item. So for budgets, I'm in the sales management, sales development, sales thing. And so I get that and I understand that and that's fine. But I hope you open your speeches with, uh, really, seriously, I hope you, because you work with with corporations, teaching them how to uh, network and make introductions and network and make introductions. And I would hope, (laughs) I think that's a great opening uh, for a speech. Like, you have me in the line item of sales and... That's because there's no line item for... For for networking. Yeah, there's no... 
There's no business, right? There's no business line item for it. I love that. I don't think that. you have to put me in a box. I understand that. But let's talk about what in the world I'm, I'm really here to do and why am I standing up in front of you? Uh, and depending, like, you know, I, I mentioned to you a, a week or so ago, depending on my audience, depending on the environment, the day, my mood, I start every talk off different. Every talk ends up starting differently. Uh, and it's something that I've kind of taken a look at and like, damn, I really, I really do start off different each time. And I didn't think that was because I, I was getting into that whole cookie cutter kind of, no, you got to start this way. You got to start that way. And this, nope. Yeah. Nope. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. What's, what's great about that is when you loosen up a little bit, it's like, oh, now you're relatable, right? Now it's like, now you're relatable. And uh, that's where your magic I think specifically comes through like people get it when you go, this is what I think you need to hear. Right. It's just like, here you go. Um, when you teach that your, your target market is, is corporations now, right? You are looking to be in front of like, who do you need to meet? Well, right. So I would call it a bunch of different types of levels. So a corporation like a Verizon Wireless in the lead uh, for training and development would be a, a fantastic type of process and connection to uh, establish and make because they have a lot of business development managers and trainers, be it either in the retail or on the corporate side of the market, that need to just kind of take a breath and relax and understand about what is it we're going to do now in terms of business networking for 2022, as an example? Um, also, our executives. Now, this tends to be more on the quiet time of life because high-powered executives, they don't want to tell anybody else, most especially unless they're a confidant, that they need help in business networking because most will laugh them right out of the boardroom, right out of the company because, well, what are you talking about? You got to be out of your mind. So I will help those executives figure out who is it they, they really need to meet. And the irony is that they already know those different contacts. It's a question of getting through and figuring out how well they know them. That's really where that's coming down to. And then finally, my other quest is to really get in front of all association executives that exist on the planet. And the reason why I make it so broad-based is because we're all going to be coming out of this nightmare pandemic, and they're all going to be doing conferences and meetings, and they're going to need something a little bit alternative compared to, you know, the plum fitter or the um, plumbing fitters of America want to learn a little bit more about networking skills than just, you know, a couple lengths of pipe. Uh, and so that's where I come down being a little bit more creative for those different uh, meetings. I see. I see this. Uh, I see your work as being, um, and I'm holding up your book again. Um, and I, I say that out loud because I'm a listening audience as well as uh, as well as a viewing audience. So I'm holding up your book again. I think about. 100% of the people that use LinkedIn could probably use your, your knowledge because it's like, hey, nice to meet you, buy my stuff. Um, and it's almost like one, one sentence, um, you know, hey, can we connect? Yes, we've connected. Now buy my stuff. It's like, you don't know anything about me. Why would I buy? And I don't know anything about you. Why would I buy from you? Um, so I love, you know, I love that this can actually be used by everybody there are people you want to and need to meet yes you uh you want to meet people who are uh who, who have the leverage to make a difference um and you never know what little leverage will bring greater leverage so um it's it's almost like don't you need to meet everybody <laughs> well so you know them, like become liked by, you know, likable at least. So I put a poll out yesterday on LinkedIn because I have a LinkedIn coach in my good friend, Mark Halpert. 
And he and I are on the long standing debate, though we help each other with introductions as well. He is my LinkedIn coach. And the long held debate and the poll that I put out and the post and the blog post he put out last week really talks about the chicken or the egg. Which comes first in your professional life? Is it having a snazzy, up-to-date, good LinkedIn profile? Or do you need to understand your network and networking skills before you have that snazzy LinkedIn profile? Both of us charge a retainer fee to be able to help an individual or companies do that. But which comes first? And it's been fascinating on the results of the poll as well as the blog post to hear from different people about which comes first in their lives. Because in my opinion, I've long held that if you have a snazzy LinkedIn profile that you've paid a good sum of money to have cleaned up and snazzed up, great. Now what do you do? I think having a great cover letter and a resume is fantastic, especially going into a job search type of environment. But if you are wrought with just throwing that down the black hole of the online application process alone and expecting a return, I'm here to unfortunately tell you that's never going to occur. Mm -hmm. So on the LinkedIn aspect, I want to know what's your plan after you snazz up your LinkedIn profile. Now, on the converse of that, if you sign up with me first and your LinkedIn profile is a little on the basic, that's okay, because I don't need it to be sharp and clean and crisp and crazy. I just need you to know who your top 10 network go-to people are. Now, if you use LinkedIn as a guide to be able to do that, that's fine. But if you don't, then we have some work to do. But which do you want to do first? So that's the big debate I find myself in right now, is which do you want to invest in? Unfortunately, the Rob Thomas method or Rob Thomas USA or networking in diners does not roll off people's tongues yet, as you have taught me. <laughs> but LinkedIn does. Mm -hmm. It'll be fascinating today. I'm sure you've seen the corporate overlier company now of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Snapchat is Meta. Oh, yeah. That's today. Meta is today to establish the meta verse. Yes. Okay. So, you know, the Eagle Network, as we're talking about it today, is that my meta for the Rob Thomas method and who do you need to meet and those types of it's an interesting question. It doesn't go away. Like I believe that that being in the metaverse, and I think this is exceptionally timely and even in replays a year down the road i think this is exceptionally timely being in the metaverse means connecting differently what uh what zuckerberg's talking about when he talked about the the shift to the metaverse is that we will we will be holographically meeting people it is face-to-face -face interaction remotely and it's not via Zoom. It's, you know, it is via it is it is via a holographic image, which you know, uh, like uh, just the the way that we're doing uh, artificial intelligence now, or um, enhanced in, enhanced. I'm losing my words, but you know, the ability to to engage uh, with such technology, I think, means that we need to know the human side of that even more, even more, right? So your, what you're teaching as skill sets, you know, when you meet someone, are you looking them in the eye? When you meet someone, are you, uh, you know, remotely and through a hologram, we won't necessarily be able to shake hands can you sit with them? Can you understand exactly? Can you understand uh, who they are and what they need? And are you filling their needs by asking the right questions? And that's a very human interaction. And a lot of what you teach is it's the human skills. 
And I most, think, yeah. yeah, no. And I was going to just offer that most will ask me in a podcast, in a TV show, otherwise, most will ask me really, what is the driver? What is not the passion, but the passion element? What's the white hot light about all of this stuff we're talking about that gets me and keeps me going? And it's really boils down to about being a hero. How in the world can we be a hero to the other person? If I don't buy your stuff and you don't buy my stuff and it's all transactional and you're not going to be my hero in that, well, then what else you got? Well, I have 250 people at the minimum standing behind me that will say that Rob Thomas knows a little something. You equally have the same. How do we introduce all those different people to each other? And as you travel in different types of universes or markets or conversations or webcasts, are we saying, you know what, Rob's really actually my networking hero or Wayne is my hero because they've introduced me to other individuals and companies I never would have met before, ever. Uh, and so that is why he is my hero. It's not because he spent so much money on my stuff and he is a client of mine. And no, this gets down to the age old adage of, you know, helping another person before ourselves. It's, and it's so advocacy, really what you're yeah. talking about, right? So it's not the, that you're a client, it's that you're an advocate. Right. I love that. And, and, and how much do I do that? Where do I do it? Do I do it well? And am I known for that? Uh, and that is really, that is the crux of the white hot light that, you know, gets me up in the morning to figure out who am I going to help that they might say to, you know, about me rather than the egotistical maniac salesperson. They might say, you know, actually Rob's my hero. He introduced me to so-and-so and that has led to this, that, and the other thing. That's what gets me going. I love that. I, uh, you know, I think the networking hero is a, is a kind of an amazing thing. And, and to be seen as the unlikely hero, you know, right. that, that when we think of heroes, it's the, you hear the, the theme music and the wind is blowing and your cape is, you know, wafting in the, in the breeze and da, 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 and it's well, like, the wind is going through my hair too. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go. yeah. And the, <laughs> the unlikely hero is someone who says, Hey, who do you need to meet? Let me introduce you. And, um, you know, you, you said something that you have so much knowledge and, and uh, I think you throw things out there you have uh where it's sort of like you know we have this and we have that and it's like i just want to call it out you mentioned that there's this rolodex of about 250 people most people don't recognize that that is the approximate number of names that you could call on in your head if you were if someone demanded that you wrote down everybody you knew we all have about 250 names rolling around in our heads. And I think it was Jeff Gittimer that, that talked about the, the Rolodex thing. And if your, your heroism comes from the invitation to have your Rolodex blend with my Rolodex, right? That that's really where the hero piece meets is, well, if you know 250 people or can sort of maybe access that in your in your head or have it literally in a we're referencing a Rolodex that doesn't even exist anymore, by the way. We everything's digital. Rolodex used to be a a circular file cabinet of uh, <laughs> a circular file of tiny little cards. <laughs> it's amazing that we've moved so differently. So about 250 contacts. If we blended those for the right reasons, it's not like, oh, you must meet everybody that I know. It's who do you need to meet? And it's back to the title of your book. Um, Rob, what questions were you hoping I would ask? What, what other words would you like to, to say to make sure that uh, our audience gets what they need? Thank you. 
uh, let me make sure I say thank you for the honor and the privilege. Make sure I say how all people can find me is starting with robthomasusa.com. Robthomasusa.com. Yep. And that's for all social and video and YouTube and everything. And the one thing I probably want to say as a end cap is, and sometimes I start my talks with this, is the number one reason why people don't network or network well in business is because they don't have a plan. They're scared out of their mind and, not but, and they don't have a plan. I'm the guy you hire to come with you on the journey to create that plan and eliminate that fear. Awesome. That's that's what I do. <laughs> Duh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and the the scared out of their mind is partly without a plan. You are leaving yourself wide open for rejection, and that's what most people are afraid of. Um, so the plan is very solid, and it's outlined in your book. Yet working with you is a, a, a thousand percent, you know, probably, <laughs> you know, the, it, you, you can get, you can get a, a glimpse into what a plan might look like working with Rob is, uh, is going to change your life. So awesome. Thank you for, for being Thank with you. me on this journey today. This is a good one. Thank you. Flattery Thank you. will get you everywhere, ah. especially on a Friday. Friday, which is the day we're recording this. All righty, this is you've you've been listening in to uh, to Rob Thomas, where you can find all kinds of things at robthomasusa.com. This is one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most. I am your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your powerful presence mentor. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most without Fluxer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com.